to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is my co-hostess, Vanessa Hogel. And down in the chat room, actually, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, is not with us tonight. She ended up having to work tonight because it is parade day in the town where she works. So she has to uh, uh, deal with that this evening. So you guys are going to be, I know, all kinds of crazy and rambunctious, like a total free-for-all down in the chat room tonight because she's not going to be keeping you in line. But... Have fun <laughs> down there. <laughs> I'll try to help monitor a little bit. All right, and I'll keep I'll keep an eye here. So, and feel free to post any questions and everything because we have back with us tonight Andrea Perrin. There are really no words to introduce Andrea. She is absolutely amazing. I think Andrea, this is about your fifth or sixth time on our show, and we always have such a wonderful time with you here. So, thank you again for coming back. Oh, it's always my pleasure. It truly is. You know, we've been so connected since we met and then you brought Vanessa into my life too which is delightful uh it is always my pleasure to join you and I've had way too much coffee you <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking some right here as always <laughs> Because that's, that's what we do. Oh, I'm going to be hitting the road tomorrow to head out to Ocean State Paracon and actually join you out there. So I got to really just infuse myself with coffee for the next, um, you know, 48 hours at least to get out there. Uh, just take it intravenously. It's not that painful. Yeah, really. yeah, just <laughs> an IV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hook you up a little bit. Okay. That's right. Just, <laughs> just, just mainline that. Just <laughs> that's right that's right awesome. so uh andrea we have a lot of things to talk with you uh about tonight but um something that you mentioned to me just before uh, we connected with vanessa and that i'd seen a glimpse of but haven't really had a whole lot of, of a chance here to really dive into and get the details is the farmhouse is now under new ownership so gotta ask you yeah. what's going on there um, I really couldn't be more delighted. You know, I have, we've talked about this before. Norma Sutcliffe said she would never, ever, just out of spite, would never sell the property to me. Right. Um, so it was my fervent hope that when the day came that the property changed hands, that it would go to someone who had a real deep appreciation for it and an understanding of it. Uh, and that has happened. Uh, Corey Heinzen um, has uh, purchased the property, and I have been in touch with Corey. Uh, his lovely wife, Jennifer, I have not spoken with yet, but, um, you know, there are, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to name names yet because I don't know what's public and what's not, but I know Corey is public with it. Uh, but it really is, I think, um, uh, a group effort. It's an LLC now, nonprofit organization now. Uh, it needed to be. I, I hope that it will go on to the historic register. Uh, it is an amazing place. And all that I ever wanted to see was the farmhouse be available for people to go in and, and feel the energy of what I've always called a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse. Because uh, it, it really is amazing. They've already had experiences. Uh, I have uh, talked with Corey at length. And I now, for the first time in six years, since the, um, since the opening of The Conjuring, when, uh, shall we say, Norma and I had a parting of the ways. Uh, 
Yeah, which I thought I was really unfortunate because I remember seeing videos of you and her together and just walking through the farmhouse. Oh, yeah. And I so it's just for 28 years. Yeah, yeah. So it was know, a real shame. She, she went out publicly and said, um, well, first of all, she said that I never told her there was going to be a movie made. I've got it on video discussing it with her mm -hmm. on several occasions. I mean, I, I don't know why she didn't remember that, but. Uh, and then she said, yeah, I know that I never told her there was going to be a movie. Um, the uh, irony being that she's the one that connected me with the producer who made the movie. Oh, well, okay. Alden asked my permission to give him my phone number. So uh, apparently her memory failed her. And I understand that she felt overwhelmed. I understand she felt imposed upon. I understand all of that. But the most disingenuous thing I have ever heard in my life was when she went on national television and said, everyone go away, no ghosts here, the Perrin family made all of it up, Carolyn Perrin is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a liar. And sorry, that was the end of that. Uh, yeah, that it was... It wasn't pretty, it was dark, and, uh, and it was long. Um, but... You know, them's fighting words. And yeah. And, I'm and, sorry. Nobody can say that about my mother. My mother's been to hell and back in this life. Right. And she chased my mother around for three years trying to get her to write a book with her about her experiences oh, wow. versus our own. And I met her when she walked into my restaurant, recognized my business partner, and greeted her by saying, I just bought an old haunted house up on Round Top Road, and I bought it because it's haunted. And then to turn around and say, oh, no, wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, who invites, I don't know how many paranormal investigative teams passed through that house. But if anyone doubts my veracity about my side of the story, please tune into season two, episode seven of Ghost Hunters. I didn't know about it until the day after it aired. And one of my coworkers said they thought my old farmhouse had been on TV the night before. She never even told me that she invited them or that they did an episode there. So I was unaware. And um, I certainly had nothing to do with the booking of that uh, show. Right. So, uh, you know, there it is. We just leave it at that. I'm going to consider it ancient history. I'm going to let the dark pallor of grief uh, lift off of this. And I am going to warmly welcome this new association with, you know, Corey and I have been friends on Facebook you know, forever. We've seen each other at a number of different events over the years. Uh, to know that one of my friends bought the house is just heavenly. I told him yesterday, I was like, you know, you made, you're my dream come true. <laughs> you, you are. I told him that and he laughed just like you did. I said, no, you are my dream come true because everything I wanted for that house it now has responsible, mature, well-informed adults are in charge of that house and will bring it back in a way that it needs it's been dormant too long it's just been laying alone for too long and it needs human companionship so uh this weekend i'll be making a trip a private trip there will be no entourage uh but my father and i are by their invitation uh, going up to see the farmhouse for the first time in six years and considering it is the only place on earth that feels like home to me, I get to go home this weekend. 
and I will be. Uh, I don't even know how I'll react. You know, it feels like it's been 600 years instead of six years. It's been a long time. Right. I've missed it. I've really missed it. And every time I walk in that house, something happens immediately. And every time my father walks in that house, something happens immediately. So I just, I told Corey, uh, make sure you have a camera crew. Make sure you've got cameras ready. This is something that you want to capture. Oh, absolutely. They've already had activity. Yeah, and the one little article that I've read so far on it, I want to dive a little bit more into it. It sounds like they're getting some activity. Uh, we have a couple of quick things here, uh, a couple of super chats. Joe Chandler, $10 super chat, uh, says, Vanessa, we love you. And $5 super chat from Tom McNicholas says, just for the love of Andrea. So thank you both very, very much for supporting the channel here. Um, and then $3 from Tammy Heisman just came in this very second with thank a... You guys one of those new super chat sticker thingies I, i'm not sure <laughs> what those are they're yeah, little stickers cool. and then here's david y uh trucker david y hello everyone love hrm and andrea perrin also vanessa i got approved love all the shows Yay, and guests congratulations so. <laughs> david Woohoo! So, awesome so. i knew he would anyway uh, may i ask andrea just a real quick question go right ahead i want to make sure andrea that i didn't misunderstand what you were saying um does this mean due to the new ownership that eventually people might be able to go and tour it is my understanding that at some point when they've done the work on the house that they want and they're prepared and i i don't know how it's going to work out but you know it's it's a nonprofit. it's eventually i think that it's going to uh, there will be opportunities for people and I'll leave it at that because mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to speak for Corey, but mm -hmm. I will say anybody in the New England area, since New England's that big, um, that can get to the Ocean State Paracon come this weekend because Mike will be there, I will be there, Corey will be there, my father will be there, uh, and so many more uh, people that you know from the paranormal field, Amy Bruni, my dear friend who I adore will be sitting right next to me. Um, we will uh, have a wonderful event, a wonderful event uh, this weekend. And people who are curious and the curiosity factor is through the roof on this, uh, will have an opportunity to talk with all of us. Uh, and I've also asked Corey if, uh, as my lecture begins, I believe I'm talking on Sunday. Do you remember, Mike? I, yeah, <laughs> oh, I believe no. you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, I'm going to bring him up on stage because I want to introduce him personally to everyone. And because he has not yet had an opportunity to read the trilogy, that's going to be my housewarming gift. Nice. To him so that he can prepare himself for and you know there's no saying that what happened to us will happen to him uh although they have had some very similar uh incidents already and i was informed yesterday that uh well i already knew it but uh that john zaffis had gone up to the farm to say hi to ah, okay Curry, nice and um <clears throat> uh had an encounter john's already had a close encounter which john's a wuss <laughs> and, did I say that? Like you did. We all heard you. It was out loud. Oh uh, no, John's a was, and 
freaked out a little bit because um, he uh, had um, uh, that strong feminine presence in the house that would always touch my father. Oh, okay. Touched him. So today I sent him a message. I said, hey, John, yo, Zaphis. I heard you got stroked at the farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> a little slap and tickle at the conjuring home. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's my job to aggravate him. That's fantastic. It is. So we're going to do some filming there this weekend. Great, great. Uh, we're going to go back. There's a big event coming up. Uh, a, a big event. I can't. It's not even fair to say that to you because I can't tell you about it yet. Uh-oh. Uh, but I've already been uh, invited to participate in a very special event at the farmhouse. This is wonderful news, not just for me and my family, and everyone in my family supports Corey and this venture. Um, they do not intend to turn this into a paranormal circus, not Good. under any circumstances. This is... They have a deep abiding respect for the house and its history. And it's not just going to become a free for all. I can promise you that. I know some people have been concerned about it. When I say these people are all grown up, they are all grown up. They know what they've gotten into. Uh, they're preparing themselves. They're making the transition. Uh, it's not an easy one. I mean, we moved into that house almost 50 years ago. I think it's 48 years ago we moved in. Yeah. And, um, uh, I still remember that day like it was yesterday because it was so traumatic. And I saw my first full body apparition the day we moved in. Um, day one, there you go. Day one, yeah, minute one, practically. I mean, literally, practically minute one for me. Uh, but I didn't know it was a, a spirit. I did not. He looked absolutely mm -hmm. solid to me. Uh, and, and that was Manny, I, right? Manny, yeah, yeah, the one my sister named Manny. Uh, but. Here's the thing that's most important to me, and I'm going to say this in all selfishness. Every single piece of evidence that they collect, everything they get audio of, everything that they get video of, will serve to validate and vindicate me and our story yeah. in ways that nothing else can because his business is paranormal equipment, and he will have that house prepped and monitored and every and chronicled every event that occurs um and not that i feel that i have anything to prove i mean honest to god if people don't believe they don't believe if they do yeah. they do i have no you know vested interest in other people's uh belief system around this um i say what my mother said to my father you know roger the existence of the spirits in this house is not contingent upon your belief in them. Very I true. Very true. You just said that. Yep. I love that you just said that. And I'm going to say one other thing and then I'm going to hush because I'm sure Mike has <laughs> questions too. When the time comes and if they choose to allow people, people to come and spend a day or spend an evening. Um, I would like to go ahead and put my name in the hat. I will fly out there. I will fly out there and I will stay for no other reason. And I, I hope you understand what I mean when I say this, but to pay homage. Yes, I do understand exactly, exactly. The so, first thing I'm gonna do when I walk back in that house 
is go over and stand on the hearthstone mm-hmm. in front of the fireplace in the parlor because it was my place. It was where, and it was my mother's place too. She would stand vigil in front of that fireplace for hours. Uh, it was just like she was watching the house and watching the house and listening. And, you know, a lot of activity occurred right around that spot, including one of the most intense experiences that I ever had. And I'm hoping because I've been gone so long, even though I think in the spirit world, they don't necessarily have any concept or notion of time. Mm-hmm. I think that's our own machination. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, our uh, the veil being our fabrication, you know, pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's still, every time I walk into that house, I'm acknowledged. And the reason is, is because every time I walk into that house, I acknowledge them. And I open that connection up. And I mean, to... Walk into a place where you don't know from one moment if it's 2016, if it's 1976, if it's 1876, if it's 1742. You don't know where or what year or who's going to appear, if it's part of, you know, the extended family, if it's, uh, you know, something else. My mother always said that she felt certainly that every apparition that we saw in the house was somehow attached to the house, that they were not just passing through, that they had a vested interest in being there or visiting there. And we didn't know, I mean, because of the way they uh, just would show up out of literally thin air. We didn't know if they were there all the time and had to gather enough energy to manifest and form or if they were just popping in. Uh, We had incidents of residual energy in the house. We had incidents of in-your-face contact, conscious contact, and everything in between. I mean, literally everything in between. So to go back in there and to make that connection again um, is awesome. Although I did tell Dad what happened to Zaphis. And he's really upset about it because he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. She's my ghost. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. My dad, you know, he's, he's very attractive too, dad. You know, it's not just you. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. She likes me best. <laughs> She's supposed to be uh, So we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. I mean, you know, maybe nothing will happen at all. Maybe they're kind of holding back and watching what is happening. I mean, that could be as well. Uh, I mean, we went through extended periods of time where there was virtually no activity, nothing major anyway. So right. uh, It's no not like something was going on 24-7. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, if it was, it wasn't in our face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can always feel the energy of the house. The energy is what's amazing to me. And I can't wait to get back out in the barn because the barn's more active than the house is. Uh, And I think eventually what I suggested to Corey is that eventually uh, they refurbish the barn and open it as like a visitor's center where people can come and, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it. You know, I want to help them in any way that I can. I want that house to be accessible to people, not just me but to everybody else. 
and I know they're going to walk a fine line with the neighbors. I know they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to deal with all of that. But, you know, the house was a business for many years uh, when uh, Norma had it. And so I'm sure it's still under that zoning and they should be able to do what they want. And I know that they will do it responsibly. So I'm just so delighted to be able to be a part of that. Uh, I almost get misty thinking about it. Because, <laughs> I actually did when I was um, talking to you. I actually, I actually had uh, a tear right here. Um, yeah. Andrew, one, one tiny, tiny last little thing. <laughs> this is not going to make any sense, but I have to ask you if this makes any sense to you. When I picture the place, I obviously don't picture what was in the movie, but there's this, you know, that weird look that you get when there's oil on the road and there's like that hovering spectrum of colors yes did you ever see that in the house or on the property i didn't see the spectrum of colors on the property i saw it in the sky before i saw my first conscious um sighting of ufos right over the property okay because that's all i can see right now i i'm actually having a hard time seeing the screen it's that weird holographic spectrum of colors so I yeah. wasn't sure if it was associated with the house. Yeah, room. that's probably the galactic family. And they do that. They have a tendency to, especially when uh, I'm doing a broadcast with someone who's a psychic, a medium, a sensitive, an empath. Uh, you know, I mean, we have a whole vernacular for uh, what we do, what you do. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really claim to be anything. I'm kind of a little tiny bit of everything. So I'm just... Mm -hmm. I'm like Heinz 57 variety paranormal style. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was, uh, that's a very important chapter in the new upcoming book. Good. Um, and I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about the book. And if I could, do we have to take a commercial break? Is no. There, no. We don't? Okay. No, ma'am. When I thought we were on the air earlier <laughs> and I shared with you yeah. what I did, is it okay to do that on your broadcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By all means. So let me uh, go ahead and interject real quick because we had a, a number of Super Chats come in, so let's do the admin thing real quick. Sure. Uh, Dustin Samario, uh, $2 Super Chat, says, Love you, Vanessa. Great to see you, Andrea. Uh, Lambie Pie 25, love Vanessa Bunches. Hey to Andrea. Everybody's giving uh, Vanessa love because there was somebody that was throwing some disparaging remarks on in her uh, one of the uh, videos a couple of days ago and earlier today. So thank you, everybody, for showing shed, Vanessa love. Shake it off, baby, yeah. like a snake sheds its skin. Yep. You just tell them this, I am not getting into the swamp. I'm not swimming in the cesspool of your negativity. <laughs> I told them thank you for watching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the view and all the watch time. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, there was Chipper Terry uh, telling us thank you. So thank you very much, uh, Terry. And then uh, just here a few seconds ago, we had Spooky. That's Dawn. Uh, $10 for the spirits talking behind her. So they are. Yeah, they were saying down in the chat it? that there's uh, people chattering behind you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all in. I'm hearing exactly how Spooky said it. It's like they're saying every single thing you're saying about two seconds after you say it. They're mocking you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I can. I, I've been able to hear it too. I actually had to turn my volume down. It was so loud. 
Well, when I thought we were on the air earlier, because I forgot what time the show started and came zooming in uh, <laughs> full of excitement. Yeah, we're just doing the sound check. That, <laughs> yeah, and we were just doing the sound check, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story though it was really interesting yeah. well all right i'll try to abbreviate it some. all right um i uh i had uh, you know i've i've really really struggled um i mean my book's like six months late the layout struggles uh the obstacles that I've come up with uh, in terms of publication, the additions, the uh, edit, edits, revisions, you know, I just, I've wanted it to be perfect, absolutely perfect for my readers. And I've, you know, worked really hard. My editor's name is Vanessa too, a good, dear, close <laughs> friend of mine. And she's been helping me right along, making sure we don't miss a trick not a trick we've got it all the layout is beautiful beautiful um i'm so thrilled but you know i've i've been traveling i've been I, I just filmed a pilot for a network i just filmed you know i don't even i've been i've been i've been i don't know it's my life is insane my life is insane okay that said um two weeks ago i went to uh Colorado is called Leadville Junction. It's at 10,000 feet. That's where I was staying in a house at 10,000 feet uh, for an outside event that was to celebrate the summer solstice. And I don't think the temperature ever got above 42 while we were there. And the low was around 28, 29. I, I never saw so many stars in the sky in my life. I never saw so much activity in my life. It was just amazing. I got hypothermia twice. I got altitude sickness. Uh, I got dehydrated. <clears throat> and it was the best weekend and the best event I've ever attended. And the most extraordinary event of my life occurred that weekend on June 24th to celebrate the summer solstice dressed in fleece and three pairs of socks and boots and gloves and that didn't touch it to keep me warm because of course I hadn't been in anything less than <coughs> excuse me why didn't I bring something to drink with me and my father went to bed so I didn't my servants <laughs> even available to me. <sighs> All right. okay so anyway I'm up there freezing my you know what off and yet remarkably it remains uh and the morning that i was leaving i got up at 4 45. my lecture went really well i can say that my lecture went really well that went well i was able to explain to people that they really don't need me that i'm just a conduit and that i can teach them everything that they need to know to connect with the galactic family in five flat minutes uh that said um we had a wonderful time um the Sunday of the event, I was working, uh, doing spiritual work, healing. Everybody was up at the house because it was just too cold to be outside. And uh, we went from 75 to 17. So we moved the event up into the house. 
And as we were doing our thing and, uh, you know, working with geometrics and pyramids and uh, shaman, you know, rituals and clubs and, you know, tables laid out. And I mean, it was just a healing machine of a house that day. And I was uh, talking with and working with uh, uh, what I consider a medicine woman, a healer, uh, shaman. Um, or can women be shaman? Uh, women can be shaman. Yeah, so. yeah women yes. can be shamans. Yeah. I don't know exactly what Patty is, Patty Davis, but she's amazing. And so she had me close my eyes and she's like, um, what color do you associate with the galactic family? And I immediately responded, uh, Rose, no, mauve. And that was exactly what I said. And she, I opened my eyes and she was smiling from ear to ear. Well, we had a wonderful meal. Everybody blew out of the place. I went to bed. I got up at 4.45, took a really hot shower, hoping it was cold, <laughs> and uh, finished packing. And at 6 o'clock, uh, we were loading up the SUV with my luggage because we had to drive to Denver by 8 so I could be on a 10 o'clock flight back to Orlando. It was a long day. But the sun had just crested over the ridge behind my friend Sheila's house. Sheila Seppi is the one. She's the one that hosted the event, the Conscious Awakening uh, event. It was just amazing. And uh, she came out of the house to go throw her handbag in the car, and I had already just thrown mine in. And I turned around, and the sun crested, and I looked at the valley. And when she came out, I said, Sheila, Purple Mountain's majesty. <laughs> you know, I was just like bubbling with excitement because it was so breathtakingly beautiful, even though I could see my breath. And um, I reached into my pocket and I picked up my camera and I went click, 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 like across the valley so that I could get the light on the top of the mountains. And it was covered in snow. It snowed all four days that I was there. Um, that was a, a beautiful sight to see. It never occurred to me that while I was taking those photographs that I was capturing possibly and probably the four most significant photographs that have ever been taken of extraterrestrial presence on this planet. And I didn't know until I was getting ready to shut my phone down on the plane. And when I opened up to, to hit my settings to put it on uh, airplane mode, <laughs> When I touched that button, all my photographs came up and I looked down to these little tiny miniature squares like, you know, how did this happen and why did this happen? Because the, the, they were telling us, shut your stuff down. So I was in a hurry. I thought maybe I had made a mistake, but I know what button I touched and all the photographs popped up. And those were the last four photographs I had taken. So they were staring me in the face and I looked down and in two of them in these tiny little reduced squares. I see two rose, no, mauve orbs mm -hmm. or energy balls or call them whatever you want. They were there. I tapped on one. I opened it up. I could not even reconcile what I saw. I'm sitting in the window seat crying, laughing, like on the verge of emotional breakdown surrounded by uh, a sports team of teenage girls that were all giggly and bubbly going to, to Disney World for the first time. And I, I couldn't even tell anybody 
what I had just <laughs> discovered. I couldn't tell anybody what I had in my possession for the next three and a half hours. I must have opened those four photographs 50 times, not even able to process what I am now in possession of. As soon as I got home, I sent them to my attorney. I sent them to uh, two of my producers. I sent them to a professional photographer friend of mine, who Mike knows. I sent, uh, I sent them out. I disseminated them to trusted people uh, in ufology. The responses that I've gotten back on these four photographs are phenomenal. Uh, I know what I've got. And I'm, you know, it was a hold the presses moment. In fact, that's the name of the chapter that I've inserted. And it's a very short chapter. What I just told you is basically what's in the book now. That this happened at 6.05, I think, in the morning on June 24th, 2019, in Leadville Junction, Colorado. Boom. In your face. Here it is. It's the face of the extraterrestrial and the planet that it comes from. Oh, that's fantastic. So I know you said you were going to show me when uh, we're there at Ocean State Paracon together this coming weekend, but when can everybody else expect to see this in the book? When is, do you have a date yet on the book? Uh, no, but they will give me a date next week. Okay. Okay. They will give me a date next week. We're very close now. We've made great headway. I've inserted my text. They're working with the photographs in the art department. Uh, making sure that we get the very best clarity. I have a very good, I have a Google phone and the camera is excellent. Plus um, I've had them uh, enhanced in terms of the pixels. They can use whatever they want. Uh, whatever looks best is going out in the book and the whole world that wants to see them can get to see them at once. Uh, so all of this, all the the delays were necessary delays, Vanessa, just like yes. you said, they were necessary delays. And, you know, at Christmas when I was complaining with my sister, oh, my God, this is taking forever. <laughs> we're supposed to be 200 pages. It's 470. And, oh, my God. And, you know, and then she's like, Annie, how many times in the course of your life have you told someone else that everything happens with purpose and reason yep. and it's right and proper time? And while I was home with my mom, my mom was, uh, uh, went through a, a spell, a difficult spell this past winter. And I spent 10 weeks up in Georgia caring for her. Wow. And while we were, um, playing Scrabble one night, she told me one of the stories in the book, she told me something that happened when she was a child that she had never told me before. Hmm. And, you know, we had that five-minute argument of, Mom, Mom, really? I would have remembered this. Really, Mom? No, you never told me. You know, it was, it was one of those. Uh, but it's the most charming, most wonderful, most heart-touching stories of an experience that my mother had as a child that actually her mother had. Uh, that her mother told her about and she now has told me and I've included that in the book so that was another aha moment that's like okay it wasn't ready so that this could go in um, and I've had several of those moments but now it's ready now I'm right on the verge of ready 
my submissions are pretty much to an end uh, in terms of photographs and text. Uh, the layout is spectacular. Uh, my publisher did a fantastic job. I couldn't be more pleased. It is a beautiful book. I apologize to everyone for the delays. I know there are an awful lot of people that have been waiting very patiently and very kindly. Uh, and I promise you, when it's in your hands, you will not be disappointed. Andrea, real quick, do you have a male voice that talks to you in a different language? He's saying the same thing over and over and over again. And it's it's either seven or nine words, and it's the same thing over and over again. And it sounds like instructions. Vanessa? I have so many voices talking in my head. All this the is time. very, very deep. Distinct and deep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've had uh, an incident recently with that voice. Um, and you both know that I don't like to go anywhere dark. Right. Yes. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. It's so friggin' hot down here. I'm sweating bullets. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I got the fan on, the air's on. You would think I would be okay. You're still and, gorgeous. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, I, you know, I have a hot flash every 15 minutes, whether I need it or not. <laughs> oh, story of my life. Okay, so um, I had an incident that some people know about. I think actually a lot of people probably know about or have gotten wind of. But a couple of months ago or a few months ago, no, it wasn't even that long. It was right after. Lorraine Warren passed away. Rest. Okay. May she rest in peace. And um, <clears throat> we'd had uh, some electrical problems with the house and uh, in the back wall. There, we'd had some flooding issues. 16 inches of rain in 45 minutes will do that. Uh, so um, there was a short. And so when the electrician came, they had to unhook the big ass TV and sorry, I didn't mean to call it that. I just call it that naturally because it's huge. You're good. Um, uh, and my father had, you know, quad speakers, surround sound and all that. All of that had to be unhooked uh, for them to fix the electrical short in the wall and get that all resolved. So dad never hooked it all back up because he just couldn't be bothered. Speakers on the TV are really good and he just didn't do it. Well, he went to bed uh, one night I don't think he was even in his bed yet. He's on one side of the house, I'm on the other. He had yelled down the hallway to me. I was in watching TV and, and he had turned, shut down the house, locked up the house, everything was off. He yelled good night down my corridor and then went off to his room. He, I don't think he was in the bed yet when a noise so loud, louder than anything that I've ever heard started pouring through the house. I mean, if the walls of the house were skin that had pores, it would sound as if it was coming through every pore. The house was vibrating with the sound. And it was a, a man's voice. It was a British voice. He was speaking English. But it was very deep. It was very ominous. Uh, Dad came running out of his room. I came running from my side of the house. And He's fighting with the remote, trying to turn the television off that had hmm. turned itself on. And we could not silence it. 
I had to cover my ears. It was horrible. I could hear what was being said through the TV. My father could not distinguish any words. The message was meant for me. And I was told that what had been held at bay for 60 years has been unleashed. That evil oh, wow. is put in the world. That it is my job to inform people of this. And the sounds that I heard coming through our television, through all four speakers that were completely disconnected, to the point where I had to cover my ears because of the pain, and I heard right through them the screaming and the howling and the wailing and the begging for mercy that could only come from what I can only imagine to be hell. And since I don't believe in hell, it really freaked me out because I had never heard anything like this in my entire life. And it was dark and it was evil and it was so disturbing that it took me a couple of days to shake the to shake it you know to shake yeah. it and dad did everything he could i mean we have one universal remote it's huge that takes care of everything stereo everything and it would not turn the tv off and i went over and i picked up an old dead remote i don't even know why i did it I went up and I, it's just a little tiny remote. I don't even know what it goes to, but it's like he leaves it on the coffee table to keep the big one company. I don't know <laughs> why it's still out. It does, we don't use it. But I picked it up and I went to touch the red button on it. And when I did, I didn't actually compress the button. I just laid my finger on the top of it and everything went silent. Wow. But the message that came through was unlike anything that I've ever heard. And it was a very deep. Yes. It was a very deep voice. It was throwing a British accent. And I remember a woman in the background of it and all she could say, and her voice was rather airy and high pitched, or she was like breathing in as she was speaking. And she kept saying over and over again, oh my god oh my god and i'm telling you the shivers that went through me it takes a lot to shake me i have seen the dark side of existence it takes a lot to get to me that got to me i hear voices in different languages sometimes i presume that that's the extraterrestrials i mostly get downloads I get a lot of downloads, both or you know simultaneously or one side or the other, all different frequencies. I've learned to not fight it. I just sit back in my chair. I take it in. I close my eyes. I don't know what the information is. I don't know if it's you know for me to use later or that I'm assimilating it on a subconscious level. Uh, I don't know, um, but I do know that uh, some of it is spirit activity. There's a different frequency. So um, some of it, I assume, is uh, galactic family. Some of it is frequency. There's something moving right behind you on the screen. Uh, and whose screen? Uh, Vanessa's. And Vanessa. oh, that would always. make sense with Vanessa, yeah. Always. So, um, Andrew. I will say, 
this yeah. isn't galactic. This is ancient, and it's like it came from underneath the ground. If the ground cracked and you heard the voice, that's yeah. what this sounds like. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I'm well. Sorry. Yeah. And my question is, you know, if if not hell, and I'm I'm with you. I don't necessarily believe in a hell, but I believe there are evil things out there. Uh, yes. What do you believe it could possibly be? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what I heard that night. I don't know how whatever it was came through a television that was completely shut down at a volume, a level of volume that the TV can't even attain, uh, coming through four speakers that were completely disconnected. Uh, there's, there are no explanations for this. It was supernatural. That's my explanation for it. It was supernatural. It was a warning. I've been informed. And it's my, uh, I don't think it was meant to terrify me. I don't. And I wasn't terrified, but I was disturbed. And because it was very disturbing. And I feel informed that it is now uh, incumbent upon me to tell people to be ever vigilant, to be watchful, uh, and to be fierce spiritual warriors because this is the paradigm shift. The time is now. And this is what Dolores Cannon predicted is the shredding of old and new earth. Uh, and we're living through it and we're here for it. We're here because of it. I think probably on some level we chose to be here, although I do not recall asking to come back. <laughs> and I don't want to come back to 3D at all. You know, Calgon, take me away. Calgon being the name of the mothership, right. or at least my name for the mothership. <laughs> so this isn't just for people that are involved with the paranormal who believe in this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Okay. Yeah, this is for everybody. Uh, it's time for the world to wake up. And I don't know how many people I will reach with this message, but hopefully I will be able to, you know, I will speak about it at the Paracon. I will speak about it at the Upper Peninsula Paracon. There's a couple of thousand people right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know how many hundreds or thousands that we will connect with this weekend. Um, it's incumbent upon me not to dwell on it, but to let people know, be watchful, to be mindful that um, there is evil thought in the land. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, all, if anybody even questions that, for Christ's sake, just turn the news yeah, on. Yeah, just and really. Just the 6 o'clock news has it all. Yeah, if, and more. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, 100 Media's Fair Queen, Diane Hilbert. Mike, say hi to Annie for me, please. So Diane Hilbert says hi, hello. Hi, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I'll be seeing Diane in a couple of days. Yes, oh, yeah, we will. She's your biggest fan, Mike. You know that. Oh, I know. She's And she's fantastic. We love Diane. Yeah, yeah we definitely um, love Diane. We have a couple of questions down here in the chat. Hopefully, we can get to a couple of these. Um, the first one, I, I pretty much know what you're going to answer. But uh, for Spooky, this is Dawn. She says, if you could erase your past paranormal experiences, would you, or do you just no. embrace them as part of who you are? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. figured. I wouldn't know how to be any other way. Um, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm paranormal, you know, P-E-R-R-O-N. Um, it, it <laughs> it's just who I am. It's part of my life. It's 
most of the time it's no big deal. Sometimes it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy this way. I wouldn't want to live in a 3D, five-sensory realm relegated to such limited uh, exposure to all that there is. I think it's important that all of us open ourselves up to the universe. It has much to teach us. I think that all of us should engage in cosmic ordering, speaking into the universe, what we want for ourselves, our loved ones, and our beloved planet. Uh, I think that we should communicate with beings off-world. Some of them are on planet. Uh, I think that we can love each other powerfully and very well and thus raise the vibration of the planet, open the eyes of many who have been living with their head in the sand, and that we can literally alter the course of human evolution with loving thoughts because thoughts are things that are turned into, made manifest in form. So love is, for me, it's an action word. It's a verb. I don't care that it says that it's a noun in the dictionary. (laughs) I've got a degree in this language, and if I say love is a verb, then love is a verb. It is an action (laughs) word. Just do it. No apologies to Nike for stealing their slogan. Love powerfully. It is the most important thing that we can do. Just by... You know, it's frustrating for people because, you know, we're all good deed doers at heart. You know, we, in this community, we gravitate together. We love each other. Everything, you know, Mike, the Ocean State Paracons, a big freaking family reunion. At oh, the yeah. Park. Yeah, it's you fantastic. Know, oh, my friend Francois, remember Francois? Oh, Dubé? yeah. Yeah, no, so we've stayed connected. Back. Yeah, we've stayed yeah. connected. Yep. He's the composer. He'll be composing all the music for the films, the forthcoming films which we're working diligently on, but these things don't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's coming along. It's great. Um, And uh, so, you know, we've talked about this before. And the most important thing that we can do, excuse me one second. (coughs) The honeysuckle's blooming. I'm so screwed. Ah. The honeysuckle is blooming. My my face is leaking. I'm choking. It's nasty. Um, But it smells great. <laughs> great. It's, it's just thick in the air, like old lady perfume. It's fantastic. <clears throat> but I'm choking to death. Um, but anyway, um, people get frustrated because we're all good deed doers. And, you know, we all wear rose colored glasses, whether they're visible or invisible. And we try to see the world in the brightest light that we can. And we try to help others. And, we love each other well in this community. We do, you know, in spite of difference of opinions and power drama and God, God knows that's all there. But mostly we love and adore each other and we're kindred spirits. You know, I've always thought Amy and Adam named that show perfectly <laughs> because we are, that's what we are. And um, people get frustrated because they don't have the resources to do more. They don't have, you know, a, a favorite charity that they can really afford to support other than maybe once a year because they have families to maintain. And, right. you know, it's hard. It's hard. Life's hard. And, uh, you know, we'd all like to volunteer, but we can't all make the time because a lot of us are working two and three jobs. It's just not that easy. And what I'm here to tell people is that it really is easy. If you don't have the means to contribute 
fiscally, monetarily, if you don't have the time to contribute at the food bank, don't kick yourself. Instead, make your contribution in a very personal and private and peaceful way. And that is by simply visualizing what you want for this world, for the people in it, for your family, your friends, your children, your, your pets, your loved ones, you know, close and far. Visualize that, set the intention, hold that vibration. And by doing that, you are literally incrementally healing this planet and everything on it. And when people begin to really grasp the notion of the reality of that, we will change the world. We will change the world for the better. We will save ourselves in the process. And we will evolve from three-dimensional, five-sensory realm beings that are stuck in a box in the back end of the cosmos in a faraway galaxy. And we will integrate with all of the energy in the universe, which is consciousness, which is existence. And we will ultimately join our brethren, our sisters and our brothers, the star people of the universe, and come together as one. Now, I'm not saying that every race of extraterrestrials is completely benevolent, but I will tell you that every race that I engage with is completely, utterly, totally in love with us. They love us. And they want to help us. And the way that they do that is by communicating and connecting with us and opening our minds and opening our eyes, not to a new reality, to the same old reality that has always been, merely a new awareness of our old reality. And it's really that simple. That's amazing. So uh, definitely, and people down in the chat are saying, you know, pay it forward. And I, I guess my question uh, to that is, so these extraterrestrials, they they love us, and they're looking to do benevolent things for us and help us out. Um, and we can learn a ton from them. So why is disclosure then not more prevalent? Or are we just not looking for it in the right place? Well, the truth's out there. It is. It's out there. There's been so much disclosure from individuals, whether they did it in an anonymous way. And, you know, obviously now uh, we're, what Lou's doing, what, you know, there's a bunch of people that have come forward uh, at, around the whole Nimitz thing ever since the Department of Defense released the information in December of 2017. Uh, they only let out a little tiny portion of all that really existed around that, but a lot more has come out since. Uh, it is my belief, uh, well, first of all, it is my belief that the government and everybody having to deal with, do with this, are a big, big fat pack of liars. Yeah. The liars who tell lies. Uh, I have no faith in them. I have no confidence in them. Uh, I think that they're probably acting uh, to preserve their power. 
I don't think they're acting in the best interest of humanity, but apparently they think we're not ready for this. Uh, the only way to get ready for this is to just be exposed. And what they exposed through the Department of Defense in December of 2017 was that there was an incident in 2004 off the USS Nimitz in Southern California uh, where fighter pilots uh, engaged with uh, at first one and then a small fleet of uh, extraterrestrial vessels that looked like Tic Tacs. Um, I've seen them. I know exactly what they look like. Uh, and they're fabulous. <laughs> and they travel at the speed of light. <laughs> and they go under the water and then they come out of the water and they travel along the top of the water and then they drop from, you know, 10,000 feet to 60 feet in a split second. And nothing we manufacture on this planet does that. Right. Uh, we're going to continue to be lied to. And I think that we all need to be prepared for that. Ultimately, you know, I used to be one of those chest-pounding, fist-pounding, just, you know, de demanding disclosure of people. Um, but as the years have passed and I've realized how disingenuous the government is about this, how very few people really know the inner workings of this, uh, you know, I know enough about what's going on in Area 51 to know that there's a whole lot more going on than most anybody knows. Uh, and I have the inside scoop from a few very reliable sources. So knowing what I do, sharing what I can, uh, I just want people to be prepared to not to really try to mitigate any sense of fear around this, because please believe me, they possess technology that is so far advanced to anything that we have at our disposal that if they had wanted to enslave us or have us for lunch, and I'm not talking guests, uh, they could have done it millennia ago. They've been, they, I don't call them aliens. They are no more alien to this planet than we are. They've been interacting with life forms and probably planting life forms on this planet for a very long time. I think that Darwin was working with some very limited information and his theories were fine for what he was working with at the time. I don't necessarily believe in the theory of evolution anymore. I've seen too much. I've learned too much. I've been exposed to too much information and I've been downloaded with information to the extent that there are times that I open my mouth and I speak and I am not even conscious of what's coming out until after I hear myself say it. Mm -hmm. Right. So in that respect, I think I'm functioning on some level as a conduit now. Uh, I hate labels, uh, but it is a way that we identify each other uh, in terms of our abilities and uh, information that we're, we can impart. And so what I impart is what I know, what I've experienced firsthand. And what I, I want to ask people to do is, is to please put aside to the best of your ability all the conditioned reflexes, the responses that are almost like knee-jerk fear reactions around this because of the hype, the media, and the misinformation that has been dispersed 
You know, I mean, when you have films like Independence Day where they're blowing up Paris, okay, if they come down here and blow up Paris, I don't want to be on a planet where Paris doesn't exist anymore, okay? I just don't. Right. Well, um, that's that's know, entertainment I, for you. You know, well, it's not entertainment. You know, Mike, that's my objection with yeah. it. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be entertainment. This is the most serious of all subjects. There is nothing, you know, I when I lecture about this, I say there are two questions that have persisted since the beginning of humanity. And one of them is, is there something that happens after our death? Is there something beyond our mortal existence? And from my experience, I can say that for me, the answer is yes. And are we alone in the universe? And I can guarantee you the answer is no. We are yeah. far from alone. We're so not alone in the universe. It's ridiculous how <laughs> not alone we are. No, I, I totally I agree with you. You, you know, <laughs> Young talks about tapping into the collective unconscious. And it sounds like you're talking about tapping into a, I don't know if you want to talk about a plethora of, of different consciousnesses that are out there uh, that the extraterrestrials have. Uh, how would you describe that? I think that there is one consciousness. Okay. I think of what people call God as infinite intelligence, as source energy, um, as uh, one. There the infinite realization of oneness and that is consciousness i think that there is one soul that we are all tapped into and we are each incrementally a little tiny piece of it expressing as god consciousness on this plane of action i think that there is one mind that we don't each have an individual mind i believe in the collective consciousness i believe in cosmic consciousness and infinite mind infinite intelligence i believe is at the source of creation in the universe and it is so big that none of us can wrap our little tiny piece of mind around it um and yet when we get very quiet and we seek answers within which is where it's the seat of our soul what i call soul central station um when we go there that's where the answers are. We're already in possession of them. We each have to tap into that on an individual basis. We, because of the nature of who and what we are as humanoids, uh, as homo sapiens, we generally take all of our information from outside external stimuli that we just take in and we process. But really what's actually going on with us, we were born with. and. Part of what's happening with um, the galactic family is, and I know this is hard for some people to take in. I wouldn't say it if I didn't know it was happening. I can promise you that. I'd rather swallow my tongue than make anything up. Uh, there is a light grid around uh, this planet right now. Uh, when people see it for the first time, it really takes them by surprise. And that's part of what I do is I teach people how to look at the sky. And when they see the light grid and when they see, they make that connection and they start seeing extraterrestrial vessels everywhere. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, they all came. And I was like, no, sweetheart, they didn't all come. They've always been They've here. been there. <laughs> now you can see them. Yeah. Um, but 
they are working in tandem, working together uh, to infuse our world with crystalline light. They're helping us uh, transcend our three-dimensional realm. Uh, part of that transcendence is being able to see what we call ghosts or spirits in the fourth dimension. Once you're tapped into that, it's almost like a gateway to the fifth and beyond. And that's what they're trying to do because the only way, and literally the only way, that we are going to save this planet and the life forms which exist upon it is to evolve rapidly beyond our destructive, abusive, base human tendencies that uh, are not about nurturing, but are about destroying. And we've got to make that shift. And this is the shift. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, and we're all a part of it. Absolutely. Well, we are past our hour, Mark. Vanessa, I don't know if you have any uh, last questions here real quick, but um, it, it's flown by. Uh, <laughs> Andrew and I could do this all night. But, right. Um, yeah. I just I just need to say that that I, I absolutely 100% agree with her and that how, I think one of the ways that we can maybe progress and do exactly what she is saying is when we are hit with situations that make us want to use more of our base instincts, that the best thing that we can do is try to reprogram ourselves in order to project that out and attempt to reprogram others. And yeah, their we way have of to rise that. above it. We do. We have to rise above it. And it's it. difficult. Well, you know, we're going we to do it. In a world where everything is that's toxic is just rising to the surface to be cleansed by the white hot spotlight. Good conquers evil, love conquers fear, uniformly, every time, or none of us would be here anymore. It might not happen on our timetable, but it does happen, because might be, you know, it, it's, it's, we are loving, essentially loving beings. We are, and when we tap into our core love uh, and express that way, then we can't help but heal the world and everyone we touch with that love. So, you know, there it is, kids. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Wild, wild ride. I promise you it's going to get crazier than bat stuff. It's, it is. It, but it's, it's, it's going to be okay on the other side. We will, we will overcome this. Or we will perish trying. And, True enough. You know, there it is. All right. Well, All right. I'm going to go cool off now because I'm yeah. sweating. <laughs> oh. Yeah, go cool off. <laughs> oh, and God. I will see oh. you on uh, Saturday and Sunday at the Ocean State Paracon in Rhode Island. Yeah. Well, you know what, Mike? Call me. You got me on speed dial. Yeah. Call me. When you get there, call me. Okay. Come out, we'll have dinner, we'll do stuff. You know, I'll be there Thursday afternoon. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll be coming in Friday. I'm actually having, it's going to be a heck of a trip. I'm actually having um, fr uh, Friday morning breakfast with my son in the Washington, D.C. area and then driving up from there. So I got to get out to D.C. first and then up oh, okay. on Friday. So it's going to be a crazy day. But yeah, I'll give you a call when I get in town. Excellent. Most wonderful. Vanessa, I love you, darling. Love Thank you. you so much. Thank uh, you delightful always a pleasure to join you both 
and I'll come back anytime you ask. You know I will. Uh, absolutely. We love, we love having you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so bye, we'll bye. see you soon, Andrea. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night to everybody that listened in. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Good night. I knew the moment I fell down, down the rabbit hole.